Hi, and welcome to another episode of Square Waves FM. Today is episode number 62. We'll be talking about remastered or rebooted games, depending on uh, what we get to. Yay. I'm your host, Bianca Co, and my co-host here is Brian. And as always, we have our uh, mascot on hand. Right now, she's perfectly quiet and contentedly chewing uh, something made of, like, Really flimsy wood that'll inevitably end up all over me. Mm-hmm. I think it's made out of dried palm leaves. Oh, look at it go. <laughs> Can we have an episode where we just describe what the bird is chewing? I guess that's every episode. Hey, birdie. You having a chew? Yep, Hi, guys. Did. Yeah, so, first of all, if you're listening, you may notice that this podcast doesn't sound as crampy as others. We, uh... Have a new microphone. It's rather uh, phallic looking. Mm-hmm. Rubber phallic. If you re- or if you look at it from the side, it looks like R two D 2s exceptionally sexy cousin out on a catwalk at the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she even has a nice red red button that you can push for it to blink. Oh, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, we have uh, Joe Mastrioni to thank for this. Thank you, Joe. What an awfully generous thing to do. We sure do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. He had this, like, super fancy blue microphone apparently just laying around in his uh, in his closet. So he gave it to us. Mm-hmm. So and, that was awful nice of him. Yep, and he has something better than this, obviously. I hope so. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this works very well, or so we think. We'd love to hear some feedback about uh, how the audio quality is this week. This uh, microphone has a whole bunch of different modes. And, and we have no instruction manual. Well, I played around with them. It's pretty clear what the uh, different like directional recording settings are on the dial on the back. But uh, And we did a little bit of experimentation to see what sounds the best. And for whatever reason, the one that sounds the best is... The omnidirectional recording, so it's recording like 360 degrees around. So uh, hopefully there isn't too much background noise or anything. I'll try doing some uh, ambient sound audio profiling and uh, take out to do like a noise reduction thing based on the audio profile. Yay, Audacity. Let's us do fancy stuff like that. We'll see how it goes. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Joe. Boy, is that, uh, that's real nice. It's really nice, and it weighs a metric ton. It weighs a lot, yeah. I don't even know how microphones work. I don't know if it has a micro, uh, 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 a magnet or something inside of it. Magnets, how do they work? I don't know. <laughs> microphones, how do they work? All right. Um, oh, we have to give a big, fat, smelly congratulations to Ryan Bernard for winning the super-duper weird, uh, indiscernible Trolls Thingy Challenge. Trolls Thingy Challenge. Yay. What the hell? Did he even have a name for that? The Trolls Thingy Challenge. Seriously? Oh. I don't know. No, he didn't really have a name for it. But he should have given it a name for it. He sucks. He exposed his thingy and somebody <laughs> took the challenge. So, way to go, Ryan. He uh, listened to all the episodes and he uh, found the secret message and he decoded it. And uh, Trolls verified that he is correct. So, Ryan will be getting a special prize directly from Trolls. And Ooh, perhaps... special prize. Does it include a ditch? <laughs> only hope, right? Perhaps uh, perhaps you and I can dig something up to send to Ryan as well. Mm, sure. I probably have. I have a couple of things on the Indie Gala, I think, and maybe Humble Bundle. All right, Ryan, we'll, we'll find something. He's uh, he's um, sent us a whole bunch of letters. He's been a, a loyal listener of ours. I would love to reward him with something or other. 
Okay, I probably have something good in, on my in one of my humble bundles because I have um I got a Telltale humble bundle and I know that I didn't take Wolf Among Us because I already had it in my library and that's one of the good Mungus. ones. Mungus, no Mungus, you're Mungus. It's called Mungus. It's not called Mungus. It is now. <sighs> well, that did seem like a pretty good uh, Telltale game based on comic books, I believe, or was it vice versa? I'm pretty sure it's based on comics. Uh, a Wolf Among Us is based on fairy tales. Yeah, no, yeah, but I think the game is based on comics, which are based on fairy tales. I suppose, yeah. I think Wolf Among Us is a particular storyline, intellectual property, whatever. It's a story world that existed before the game did. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Humble Bundle, there's one that just started. What is it? Oh, Devolver Digital. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the Devolver Digital one here. I suppose I should play Dropsy. Dropsy the Clown, that's the one where you're this... Dropsy like, your pants. <laughs> you're like this fat, scary-looking, creepy-looking clown, and you have to hug people. I don't know. It kind of creeped me out when I saw it, but... Uh, yeah, that's how I good. feel about when you uh, try and hug me. Woman, don't give me no lip. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Well, let the bird give you some beak. I get enough beak from... I get as much beak from the bird as I get lip from you, lady. <laughs> so if you're going to buy anything in this humble bundle that I've already played, I would recommend, for the cheaper tier, which is currently $4.77... Shadow Warrior, which is it's oh, Shadow Warrior Special Edition, which is like, oh, well, I guess apropos to our topic today, it is a rebooted, uh, uh, whatever, a, re- a reboot of the original. Well, it wasn't really a franchise. I mm. think it was just the original game and an expansion pack, maybe. Um, but it is like a reinterpretation of the original Shadow Warrior game with some uh, little uh, nod winks. With, that are not very subtle to the original game. But on its own merits, this Shadow Warrior game is really quite good. You played it for a little bit. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And then I put it down and I haven't gone back to it because I found other stuff to play. But I'm sure if I uh, picked it up again, I'd continue. Yeah, isn't that the way? It's So it's a first-person shooter. It has really interesting... Um, it has interesting melee combat where you like hold a direction while you swing your sword and that does a different move. And it also has like a Street Fighter kind of a thing where you can press like back-forward punch and then that'll do a special move and you can upgrade those special moves and add new ones as you uh, get points to upgrade your guy mm-hmm. um, it's pretty gory it's really beautiful it is beautiful That it, and, uh, it has a pretty nice Asian setting yeah it does and it's very tongue in cheek the intro is, is very silly and quite funny actually and the, uh, oh, the protagonist is so obnoxious in the opening. Yes, he is. And the protagonist is still kind of an Asian stereotype, but not as bad as the last one, but still still playing to that whole thing. Yeah, playing to that trope. That's right. Oh, and on the $10 tier, I see they have Hatoful Boyfriend, Holiday Star. Didn't you buy that, or didn't I buy that for you? We have just had the full boyfriend. It? We both right. have, like, just... It, and we it's a visual novel. Visual novel dating simulator where everyone is a bird. Except you, for some stupid reason. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what you are. Yeah, I think you're right. That you are you're probably some sort of androgynous robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a robosexual. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, Humble Bundle. So now that we... Yeah. You, you know Humble Bundle. You listen to this podcast... You already know. Let's move along. What do we got next? Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. That piece of crap you bought on Amazon, which works miraculously for me, but broke for you. Yeah, didn't I brag about this last week? My wireless phone charger, 
which was so neat. You plug it in via USB and you rest your compatible phone on top of it and it just charges. You don't have to press any buttons or anything. You just stick your phone on it and it's charging and it was so easy and you don't wear out your USB cable or port on your phone. Uh, but uh, after two days, the lights started flickering on it and it's broken. Yep. We tried to... Um we tried different cables, different plugs. We tried plugging it into your computer. Same mm-hmm. story. It's dead. It's a cheap piece of shit. It's dead. Yeah. So I emailed um, I emailed them on Amazon, and they were apologetic. First, I asked if I could have a refund, and they said, I can have a refund, but would I, would I uh, consider getting a replacement part? So I told them, last time I ordered this thing, it took almost two months to arrive from wherever they are. If they can get it to me sooner, I'll consider the replacement. So they said they will, quote-unquote, rush it to me, which will take... 15 to 20 days. So I said, what the heck? Hopefully, so they're sending two more, which is real nice of them. So hopefully, and they said they would test it. I don't know if they will. They're probably just saying that. Anyway, um, I appreciate that anyway. And hopefully, then that means we'll have three working chargers so I can bring one to work and have one at home. Yeah. All right. Not too much pre-show stuff going on this week. Um, although I do want to read a small excerpt from one of the letters we got from Ryan Bernard when he was uh, he and I were chatting about this contest. Um, so he has a comment about last week's show. Uh, he says, I'm in the middle of listening to Chris Olson talking in your latest episode about how he started listening to podcasts. And it's crazy how similar his and my stories are. When Space Venture put out their podcasts with commentaries of Space Quest 1 to 6, those were the first podcasts I listened to. Then when they finished, I looked for more Sierra podcasts and found Troll's Space Quest Historian. In one of those episodes, I'm, he mentioned UMB cast, so that's how I found Joe. Umbo. Umbo. <laughs> then after a while, Joe mentioned Square Waves FM, and that's how I ended up here. So thanks for uh, thanks for uh, sharing that with us, uh, Ryan. It was kind of cool uh, talking about all of that stuff with Chris last week. We had a great chat with Chris. Can't yeah, wait to nice have him. Nice guy. Real nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even remember the first podcast that I listened to now. That's terrible. Are you sure it wasn't like uh, Games for Windows or something from PC? Oh, Gamer? you're right. I'm sorry. It was Games for Windows podcast. Yeah, game GFW Radio. They called it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me. I think I've said that on the show too. I'm just becoming a a forgetful old man, baby bird. Um, right. So how did I even find out about that podcast? I don't even know. I think they probably mentioned it in an article on it in their website. I mean, it would make sense. Must be. Must be. Quit, quit biting my belly, bird. But um, our little, biter. yeah, Joey likes to preen uh, Brian's hairy belly, and well, she's very to, persistent. She is very persistent. Well, I, she liked doing that first. Now, whenever she sees a teeny tiny little freckle on you or something, she's like, look, a delicious seed. Let's eat it. <laughs> it's not so much a seed that she is. I think she's just trying to preen the blemishes because she targets all my moles. Oh, yeah. Well, so what she does is turns these teeny little freckles into teeny little scars, which look even more delicious. And it kind of snowballs from there. And so we kind of have to put a stop to her uh, enthusiastic preening. Don't we, you little belly biter? <laughs> belly biter. Well, at least she doesn't bite uh, scars. We'll see. We shall see. Oh, no, I'm petting her like a little kitty. Hi, Joey. Joey, are you going to talk on the podcast today, baby? <laughs> I'm hoping that our sensitive new mic will pick up all of these ridiculous bird sounds. Please don't make the bird angry while she's close to my exposed flesh. We can leave it up to our listeners to uh, decide exactly how much of my flesh I expose for them. 
If you must vote, vote for none. None of it exposed. That way I can like zip them into one of those like full body sleeping bags and roll them off the nearest bridge into a river. <laughs> no zooming. <laughs> Alright. You you say something while I sip my coffee. Okay. So what have I played this week? Well, hmm. I finished episode three of Life is Strange. Oh, what a fucking mind fuck. And this is the game where you already control time, you can rewind time. Well, oh good, now I can look at a photograph and go back in time. And I retain my powers, my, my, uh, everything I know as an 18-year-old, but I'm in a thir- my 13-year-old body self. Oh, it was so weird. And now, and then I actually get the possibility to change the effects of time. I cried. <laughs> Did I, you? Yeah. Because the because orig- originally, it's, what happens to this this instance where you go back in time is, is uh, your friend's father is supposed to go out to pick up the mother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ow, don't bite me. Sorry. <laughs> um, he gets the car and he's hit by another driver and is killed. Instead, <laughs> what you do is you hide the, you throw the keys in the backyard so he can't find them and he's forced to take the bus. When you actually go back to your present time, everything seems almost normal until you realize that there are some things that don't quite line up. And then you realize just that when you tried to so- stop your friend's father from dying, you wound up making your friend's life worse. And so you're ultimately left with the decision of, uh, do you try and help your friend in this time zone, in this time period, or do you go back and, and let history happen as it's supposed to? Hmm. Oh my gosh. And it's just like, I don't want... What originally happened because it's so awful, but this is even worse. And you're even stuck with like one of the mo- with one of the most impossible decisions in the game. Like it's just utterly heart wrenching. Like you don't want it's it's you don't want to do it, but at the same time, if you if you if you listen to her, you kind of feel sympathetic for her plight. That's pretty neat. Those are the kinds of themes that I ran into in Quantum Break as well. Mm-hmm. But what they said was that um, there's really only one timeline and there's like one possible fate for every person and everything um and it's all like predetermined even if you go back in time if you try to stop something then you will be the one who causes it and so they have a whole thing where uh where uh, one lady uh goes back is already back in time and tries to stop 9-11 and somehow kind of precipitates events to cause it Mm-hmm. So it's neat to see all the different like uh, philosophies on fiction for time travel. Yeah, this one was, uh, you know, you do uh, you undo one bad event, but then you ultimately cause something even worse. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the apoc the uh, apocalyptic events that are happening around you in your original time frame are still happening in this one as well. Like the uh, dead birds, jo- like birds dropping from the sky, whales just beaching themselves. These this bizarre weather phenomenon, and all these uh, other events that just don't make any scientific sense. Hmm. Neato. How many episodes are in the series? Five. I'm I'm halfway through the fourth one right now. Hmm. And it was. Hmm. I rarely cry in games, and this one's made me cry a couple of times already. Wow. Glad you like it so much. Is it replayable then, because of the variable outcomes? 
Mm, no, it's pretty linear, but you would replay it anyways just because it's a good story and it's, uh, it's just really, be- it's got beautiful cinematography and backgrounds. And I love the whole taking photos and just looking and, uh, it's some, cause there's a lot of stuff that you can skip over looking at. There's a lot of people you don't have to talk to. Mm-hmm. But if you, but if you want to talk or look at stuff, it'll happen. In fact, I'm pretty sure that, um, at the end of episode three, no, at the end of episode two, if you had made a different, if you had caused a different outcome, it would have changed the entire rest of the series. Okay. And that was the uh, girl on top in the uh, school's rooftop I mentioned last time. So these are outcomes that you don't actually have control over. It's just the way that the story goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you can't. There aren't actually like branching narratives or anything. Um, I'm sure that with I haven't I didn't manage to save Kate from jumping off the school roof. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if I did, it would be a branching narrative at that point to a oh, certain degree. So that's what I meant about replayability. I'm pretty yes, I think so, because there are some instances where you uh, can where you, uh, yeah, I think I was wrong. Yeah, there is replayability because there's a lot of big decisions, and mm. depending on, for example, who you accuse in the principal's office of having uh, been the cause of Kate's suicide, is has an impact. Hmm. <laughs> Leave my face alone. Pardon me while I snicker at all these horrible things that you're <sighs> recounting, but uh, my wife here is getting her face and bosoms thoroughly bited by a bitey little biter. Hey, biter. So, yeah, halfway through episode four, and the only reason I elaborate on this is because Trolls mentioned it on uh, Twitter, having played it himself. Right. Meh, meh, meh. It's really, you really can't play it. Without being, without getting some sort of emotion from it, or becoming attached to at least one character. Hmm. There, there's a good amount of realism in the character. Hmm. Well, that's nice to hear. That is a rare thing. Yeah, because they spread it over episodes. You get as you, you get your original picture. You know, like first impressions, like oh, what a bitch, and then, but then later on, when you uh, look through, you see, you get like glimpses into people's personality. Mm-hmm. Also, it establishes some character depth. Yeah. They give you they're a shallow person on the surface. They still have some depth to them. Well, good. Sounds like good writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dialogue gets a little schmaltzy, oh. but it's not. But it could be. It's. It's not. The dialogue is not. Is not. Is it? But the rest of it is good enough that a bit of schmaltzy dialogue isn't a, a game uh, stopper. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's see. It's, I guess I'll mention the uh, one stupid game I've been playing on my phone. What's that? Star Trek Timelines. Mm-hmm. It's an app that uh, incorporates all of the... Uh, ew, my bird shit on my phone. What did I tell you? Keep her away from your phone. I did, I did. No, you didn't. <laughs> she sat on it. And essentially, it merges all of the uh, Star Trek... Uh, Timelines into one because uh, something bad has happened and cues come to you, of course, to try and fix it. And the fact that you can uh, play all the characters from different uh, from the different uh, series is kind of interesting. But at the same time, it's okay. What did you do, Q? And why am I? And why do I have to fix this? So it's yeah, kind of a not an a canonical uh, all stars kind of a Star Trek thing where everybody is a everybody is an option to uh, play. Yeah. So what do you? How do you play this game? What kind of a game is it? It's um, 
Stop playing it and start talking about it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, there's also an event going on right now for, for the for the Klingon Empire, and so I'm trying to get reputation with them. Very interesting. <laughs> it's a, it's essentially RTS with story, not re, I mean not turn-based strategy with story. Mm-hmm. Because there is a bit of real-time strategy with the uh, space combat, but other than that, it's um, turn-based strategy where you have to, where your character all the characters have uh, one of several stats. You know, diplomacy, security, medical, um, command, and then they all have their. Then they have traits or specialties, which give bonuses. Mm-hmm. And the objective is to find the right set of characters to complete a mission. So the mission has certain requirements about what kind of skills mm-hmm. will make it successful. Yep. Okay. Do you improve your characters, or do you just keep increasing the number of characters at your disposal? You keep improving. You uh, right now, I can have a crew of up to twenty-five, mm-hmm. and I can improve my characters by uh, doing missions, which gives me gear. Mm-hmm. I can uh, occasionally I get like credits, and I can go to a time portal, which gives me uh, special stuff that I can't otherwise access. So you have like Deanna Troy wearing chainmail. <laughs> no, I just have Deanna yeah. Troy uh, wearing. It's like all nor. It's all nor. It's all uh, Star Trek universe. Gear. Oh, so, oh, gear. Okay. So, yeah, she has her uh, medical counselor's uh, pad, of course. Mm-hmm. Not like that. Before you get any perverted thoughts. <laughs> what? <laughs> Before, yeah, right. You're <laughs> 30 years too late for that, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course, my... And then at the start of it, you pick the captain who's going to uh, be, like, the head of this crew. I picked Picard. You had the choice of Cisco, Kirk, and Picard. I'm like, what the fuck? No Janeway? You piece of fucking garbage. Fine, I'll pick, I'll pick the card. Oh, Janeway came soon after, though, didn't she? Or is is it random whether you encounter her? Because I think I had her. Um, it's random whether you encounter her. But when you pick the captain you're starting with, she's not one of the options, which is such bullshit. That's too bad, yeah. Oh, I would have totally picked Janeway. Cause she's, she's a good captain. She had more balls than most of the other captains, and she, uh, but she, and I think she had uh, a good sense of diplomacy. Not in par with Picard. She wasn't as dip- diplomatic as he was, but. Uh, no, she's quite a toughie. Mm-hmm. She was pretty forceful. She was more uh, dedicated to her crew than to the Federation, I guess, because of her situation. Mm-hmm. Shall we put a call out to our listeners? Who's your favorite Star Trek captain? And feel free to tell us why, but if you're trolls, keep it to less than five minutes in an email, in a voicemail. Oh, poor trolls. We love you, man. We do love you, man. When you do 17 minutes, we're going to make fun of you. We're going to have him on the show again sometime soon, huh? And true. Is he going to come on drunk or sober? We shall see. Right? Right. Okay. Ow. You little shit. So what, so what did you play this week? I played Bandage the Bird Wound. <laughs> when I wasn't playing that, I played... Oh, I started playing Leisure Suit Larry 3. Uh, last week I had finished <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry t- uh, 1. I skipped over 2. 2 is a, a very strange game in that series. It's um, more of like a linear adventure than somebody with a general... Uh, just a general motivation and no, uh, no greater uh, motivation... Um, so I skipped that one for now. Um, oh, I'll mention it briefly, I guess, because this is also uh, that's also a game that's had its fair share of of, of remakes. But um, if I'm going to play Leisure Suit Larry 2 again, I am going to play 
the fan-created AGS version of Leisure Suit Larry 2, which has the mouse, the point-and-click parser, instead of the keyboard uh, moving and typing parser. And I found that really good. It was just kind of streamlined. It was a game that I thought was... Well, Leisure Suit Larry 2, it's... I don't know if it's just hard or as much as it's unfair. You stupid bird. You're getting into everything, bird. Come here. Um, it's it's very much like a Walking Dead kind of a game. Try everything on everything kind of a game. So I skip that for now. So Leisure Suit Larry 3 is probably my favorite one of the series. Love the graphics. I love the humor. I love the situations. Um, like most of the other Leisure Suit Larry games, it's a game where uh, Larry is looking for love above all else. All else, he he does have um, a few flings on the way, but his uh, his uh, grand narrative as a character uh, spanning many games is to find love. So that is his motivation in this one as well. It's also the first adventure game I can think of, and please correct me if I'm wrong about this, where you get to play as two separate protagonists. You get to play as Leisure Suit Larry and as Passionate Patty. What about uh, Man- Ma- Maniac Mansion? Oh, I guess so. That's way predates, doesn't it? Yeah. That's fair enough. And Dave the Tentacle? So Leisure Suit Larry 2... Sorry, 3. Let me see what date Leisure Suit Larry 3 was. I believe that was still out in the 80s. I bet you can really hear the clarity of my typing with this <laughs> new microphone. Leisure Suit Larry 3, 1989. Hmm. And Day of the Tentacle... 90s, I think. I believe it was 90 or 91. Day of the Tentacle... No way. 93? I thought it was way sooner than that. Well, 93. There you go. Mm-hmm. But then that puts Maniac Mansion in... Maniac Mansion predates Leisure Suit Larry 3, I'm sure. Let's see. Maniac Mansion. So Larry 3 is 89. Maniac Mansion is 87. On Commodore 64 and Apple II. Thank you, Moby Games. Yep, and because you do pick three characters to play with. That's right. Whereas in Leisure Suit Larry 3, there are only two protagonists. You, the first half of the game, you play Larry. The second half, for most of it, you play Patty. And in the third half... Or third half, duh. Yeah, actually, I believe you play Patty for the entire second half, and Larry tags along, which is very interesting. And I, fo- I won't ruin it, I guess. I phoned in with a voicemail to uh, Backseat Designers Podcast where I praise the very odd third wall-breaking... Fourth wall breaking uh, ending of Leisure Suit Larry 3, which is very funny. Have I ever shown you the ending of Leisure Suit Larry 3, dear? Probably, but I have no recollection whatsoever. Oh, I'll, I'll try to finish it tonight. I'll show you. It has a really funny ending. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it wraps up everything. Uh, it wraps up his whole story narrative, unfortunately, for Al Lowe, which is why they skipped the fourth Larry game and went right to the fifth game. Because they kind of wrapped everything and tied a bow around it and made, gave it a happily ever after ending. Yeah, so I've been playing that, enjoying that a lot, taking my time to look at everything that I can, and I'm not disappointed because so many things have really funny, snarky uh, descriptions. I would go, I would, I would go as far to say that uh, Leisure Suit Larry Three, if you've never played a game in the series, should be your first one. What else did I play? Oh, you and I have been tinkering at this a little bit. Diner Town Detective Agency, aka Find the Shit. Yes, it is a Find the Shit game. It's a it's a hog. It's a hidden object game. And um, it's a hidden object game where uh, it's framed around this, like, uh, 
uh, crime-solving sort of a thing, where these there, there's a, a very short little story. Uh-huh. You're looking at the screenshot of it that says King Butt. The case <laughs> of King Butt. So that's the, that's the highbrow humor you can expect from it. But it's in the universe of Diner Dash. Yep. What's her name? Flo. Flo. Aunt Flo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flo's in town. <laughs> it's it's peculiar that Diner Dash Girl is now solving crimes, and how many jobs is that that girl had? What's what's the name of the company that makes these? Play Big Fish. No, Play First. Big Fish was a publisher. Play, Play First is the uh, ah, okay. developer. Um, Play First. Their games are quite high quality. They are almost as good as PopCap in terms of how polished. What? Mostly negative reviews. Oh, I know why. It's because um, as of Windows 8, the game doesn't launch correctly unless you delete two SWF video files. It relies on an older version of Flash. It has like a dependency for an older version of Flash. And the new versions of Flash consider it like a security risk. And so it doesn't allow it to execute certain commands. So all you have to do is delete uh, two uh, movies. I guess they're the intro and the outro or something. I don't know. And then you can play it. That's my guess why there are... There's only nine reviews, mostly negative. I should review that because as a hidden object game, it's it's uh, fun. Low resolution, standard resolution, but it uh, standard uh, aspect ratio. But um, it's a, a very attractive game. And because it's sort of in a cartoon style, it doesn't have the effect of being dated despite its age. Yeah. I mean, yes, you can tell it's dated because it's in standard aspect ratio, but... The graphics themselves aren't too bad just because they did that whole cartoon thing. So everything is at least, uh, it looks decent enough. I think so, too. The The writing is cute. The hand-drawn art is really good. Um, it has a bunch of mini-games, like putting together jigsaw puzzles. Um, sorting someone's laundry. <laughs> yeah. There's some different, like, uh, arrange, arrange a, bu- a bunch of wacky stuff into sets that are alike or onto a grid. Um, match the fingerprints. It's got a really good variety of stuff. I would recommend this game for sure. It's a fun little distraction. It's not difficult in any way. You'll it's get through difficult. it, but it's a fun little time filler. Yeah, it's not difficult. It's cute, but it's it's fun. So you don't feel it's not it's not too easy though. So which is nice. It's like it, it's uh, good enough that uh, you can at least play it without feeling like you're wasting your time on something like mind-numbingly easy. Like wipe the poo. That's mind-numbingly easy, but I play it often lately. Not my poo, ladies and gentlemen, but our pooey little mistress over here is a celebrated squirter. Yeah. TMI, I know. Hi, baby bird. I love you. Okay. That's enough of us being sucky. Okay, one more thing that I've been playing (laughs) is a very silly Korean uh, mobile game called Don't Get Fired. Oh, that game is so stupid. It is pretty stupid. It's um, it's very similar to another uh, game that I talked about many episodes ago called Mola Mola. It's a game where the objective is to get your mola... That game is uh, you get your Mola Mola fish um, as big as it possibly can get before it dies. However, you um, there are benefits to dying. And there's uh, dozens of ways that you can die. And every time you die in that way, there's less of a chance of you dying in that way again. So you have to keep finding new ways to die. So likewise, don't get fired. 
the end objective is to get promoted to get a job and get promoted enough in a job, uh, presumably that you will be like the president of the company. But um, and when you get fired, you get a great big pension, and the higher your the higher up you are in the job ladder, the bigger your pension is. And so you want to get fired at the right time in the right way. So it's it's cute pixel graphics. The bulk of the game is being assigned uh, piles of work by uh, your superiors. And later on, when you're a manager, keeping your employees engaged. Very simple controls, just like single tapping. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like little scenarios that you can do, but uh, it's a really simplistic little game. You can play it for a minute or for 10 minutes. And it's real cute. I'll uh, stick a link to this in the show notes. It's As far as I know, I, I don't know whether it's on an uh, iPhone, but I'll link to it on Android. Don't get fired on Android. Radio. So, shall we move right along to our topic arena? Sure. Oh, really? Who's a bitey bird? It's you. Uh, a bitey bird. So, I'll start us off with... Please. Fahrenheit. A.K.A.? Indigo Prophecies. We talked about this last week. How did that come up in conversation? I don't quite remember. Me neither. That's not a seed. Ow. <laughs> Yeah, you're angry at me. All right, this thing is being a pest. You want to put it away? Come here. I'll put it away. You talk about Fahrenheit. Okay, good. Fahrenheit, we've described it before, but I'm picking this as a remastered one because I haven't. I need to play it. (laughs) I took a look at it briefly. The graphics are much nicer. Hopefully, and it seems that the initial gameplay isn't too clunky. They're not much nicer. They're a little nicer, the graphics. It, well, it wasn't like an older game, so like, so it's not really... Uh, not There wasn't a lot that they could do to it that... Uh, well, it's at least a decade old. True. I think. Oh, boy. Let's look it up. We don't know any of our facts. Thank goodness for movie games. Mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. No. Uh, 2005. Yeah. It's a decade old. Mm-hmm. Um... The biggest benefit from what I can see is that it's number is definitely that it supports widescreen resolution now. Yep. It supported widescreen on Xbox 360, I believe, or was a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. One of those. But, but not on PC. So now you can play it in widescreen, which is nice because this is a game with really good uh, camera angles and cinematography, despite the relatively simplistic graphics. Yeah, but sometimes simplistic graphics can be nicer for than off my phone, not for birds. <laughs> There, look at your reflection. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a, it's, I don't know, it's not a bad looking game. It gets the job done. It's not distractingly ugly, at least. No, just the protagonist is distractingly ugly. Yeah. Oh, and the other benefit is that it now supports Xbox 360 standard controllers. Before it only did direct input controllers. Like on our old, um, Logitech gamepads, or you're still using yours, aren't you? Yeah. It has that switch on the back, X and O, and that lets it be compatible with either Xbox or direct input. Most people don't have that choice. That's the whole reason why I liked... Stupid murder. That's the whole reason why I like that gamepad. Let's just pause the podcast for a sec. Okay, we're back now that my wife has washed her hands from some foul, unmentionable bird offering. <laughs> Friggin' bird. But yeah, there are some differences, but not as uh, distinctive as 
as it would be for the for uh, remastered uh, older games released uh, more recently. Not a market difference such as that between um, the the tentacle between it's old and new. That yeah, be, that was closer to twenty something years. Yeah, that would be more of a remarkable difference I found. Mm-hmm. And yes, I finished it. And yes, I thought it was really good. And oh, day of the tentacle, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very happy about that. Well, let's talk about that when we get there. Yeah. I didn't really have much else to say about Fahrenheit, and I'm like, why the fuck did I put it on my list again? Oh well, it's a it's a remade game, and it's it was. That game is flawed, but it's still fun to the end, as long as you don't expect very much from the story. Yeah, the story is ridiculous. At least the end of it is. It's it's just a whole bunch of, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck is happening? And why the fuck are these people even here? What's um, the point of all this? It's It made sense up until my girl, the girlfriend gets captured and is put on a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Roller coaster or Ferris wheel? Roller coaster. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So that game, we played the hell out of the original game. Mm-hmm. How many times did we finish that game? I finished it at least two or three times. Me too. Because it really was that much fun. I guess what made it really unique was those dual analog controls. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure it's old news to everybody else. This is the last uh, David Cage game that we played because he didn't make anything else for PC after that, really. Um, but, uh, it was fun just, like, you know, slowly twisting the analog sticks or whatever to open a, a cupboard or to peek around a corner or something like that. It just kind of gave it a little bit more tactility. So that was something kind of fun and unique. So we did enjoy the that assignment, aspect. The assignment kind of, uh, puzzles for uh, doing, uh, different, uh, actions. For example, on the punching bag, you uh, had to match, like, the Simon Says colors. Yeah, that was kind of annoying, actually. I didn't mind that. I didn't mind it, but whatever. And you got fired from your little tech, from your little app. Sorry, I'm playing Don't Get Fired, and I guess I did the opposite of what I was supposed to do. Um, so, now that we own the remastered version, do you t- as well, or just me? I own it. Okay. And how far into that did you get before saying, I'm sick of this? Not very. You must have gotten past the diner part at the beginning, at least. Yeah. There's achievements. Are there? Apparently, there are achie- achievements. Well, that's how you guarantee Bianca will play the game. Get caught taking too long in the bathroom. Okay, I gotta play this. <laughs> hey, this is a game where uh, you can, where you can where you actually have the opportunity to piss in the toilet. Both as with Lucas and Tyler, so you so you can do it before you leave the crime scene and add the cop, and you get accused of contaminating the crime scene. <laughs> eh, literally, <laughs> yeah. With this game, what makes this game fun is playing it in French, just to hear these supposed these American cops speaking to each uh, scolding each other in French. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's originally. I love. <laughs> yeah, it's originally a French game, and and playing the with the French. Oh no, it does have a German option. <laughs> Yeah, what was it? French, English, German, and what was the other Spanish, one? Spanish, I think. Okay. So, and I think we played it in almost all those languages now that I think of it. At least in part. Mm-hmm. So the benefit of playing it in French is that you don't have to hear Tyler's voice in English. Because he's like the, uh, he's like the Shadow Warrior Lo Wang of this, of this game. I mean, he, otherwise, he has a good character. It's just his voice is unfortunate. Yeah, well, and his, he kind of walks like a, <laughs> like a King Louis in the Jungle Book. 
I'm the king of the jungle, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. Okay, that's quite enough I coffee. I want to be a man. Shut up, lady. I get enough of that for my uh, infant cousins. Right into town. My infant nephews. And be just like the other man. I'm tired of monkeying around. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of a podcast. <laughs> And now, if you now if anyone ever wants to hear me sing again, please let us know. Otherwise, feel free to uh, you know tell me not to sing again, and uh, we'll and we'll go from there. Don't sing again. <laughs> I met our listeners. <laughs> I'm listening to you. Well, you don't count. You're right. I don't. It's all about the listener listeners. Okay. Shit. Can we please move on from that horrific, <laughs> horrifying horror? <laughs> oh, you're sweet. Okay, well, you mentioned it. You, oh, I got fired. <laughs> Do you want to mention uh, Day, Day of the Tentacle? Day of the Tentacle. Day I, of the Tentacle. Remaster. Let's, by the way, uh, mention that Backseat Designers Podcast. Hello. I already covered it, but who Hello, cares? Hello, Charles and Fred and I mean, they Gareth. copy something else. They, no, they did it before us. How are they copying? I, I meant a different topic. Can I talk? No. <laughs> they cover this topic very well in terms of adventure games. I don't think any of them had played or at least talked in depth about uh, Day of the Tentacle. So we're going to skip over most of the uh, adventure games on our list, and we recommend you listen to their podcast regardless, but also if you want to hear about remastered and rebooted uh, adventure games. But we'll talk. We'll try to talk about non-adventure games predominantly. All right. So with that said, let's make an exception for Day of the Tentacle Remastered because mm-hmm. we just played it, and sounds like we both loved it. Mm-hmm. So you never played the original, although you I did, did... I did start the original. I got them... Well, very I briefly. I got Hoagie all the way into the past, and I got most of the way... And I got most of that stuff done. Like, I got the plans to uh, to uh, Red Edison, etc. But I didn't really get beyond that, and I did get and I did get to see Laverne in the past, in the future, but that was about it. I didn't do much in terms of actually progressing, but I got to look around. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay. Oh, well, you played more than I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I played, like, a couple of hours of it. Hmm. Would you be inclined to play the original for your second playthrough? Because you did mention that you're interested in playing that game again. No. No, you play the remaster again? Yeah, it just has better controls. Oh, yeah. Radio controls much better than clicking the text at the bottom, which seems like extra mousing work, which I'd rather not engage in. I mean, I'd play it if I didn't have to. I'd play the original if I didn't have to worry about the uh, controls being as obnoxious as they are. Otherwise, I don't. I think the fleshing is cool. Here, I'm gonna fl- here. Let me flush this flag into the past. <laughs> <laughs> so, regarding that, the original does have a pretty interesting um, uh, evolution of that scum input and uh, uh, UI. You you do have to rely on clicking a verb at the bottom first, and then clicking on something on the interface. Mm-hmm. However. Uh, when you right-click something, it usually it, it chooses like the next logical thing that you would be doing. So if left-click was look, then right-click might be talk to or push or pull. Mm-hmm. So it actually does do some of that work for you, which is pretty clever. It was a nice way to just save a little bit of uh, mouse motion. Um, who was it that was talking about it? I think it was Francisco on his podcast. Hi, Francisco, and hi, Ben. They, uh, Francisco said that to his surprise, um, he also agreed that the remastered version made the original look dated, which is something I think none of us expected to say because the original is so gorgeous. And if it was gorgeous, but they, but they managed to make it in such a way that they improved the original. They, they really do. 
They really do. And yeah, that doesn't... I watched you play the original plenty of times, so I'd seen it and I played some of it myself. It's true. So I guess my point is that it doesn't invalidate the original. It doesn't make the original unnecessary. It just... Okay. Oh, sorry, baby. Well, that's what you get for putting your tail right over there, eh, stupid? It just gives... Uh, it just makes the original more accessible to people who may not have uh, been a fan of the... of the, of the uh, Like, that style. That's true. And they do give you the option to choose a, a few different UI conventions. I love that about Double Fine. They did that in Grim Fandango as well. They added a point-and-click interface to the otherwise uh, tank controls, uh, joystick-style controls of Grim Fandango. That was a much more enjoyable game with point-and-click. So good for them for um, modernizing without sacrificing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just nice to be able to look around and touch everything and just go and uh, listen to Hoagie complain. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. Fuck, I got fired again? Yes, you got fired again. And... <laughs> I got fired for eating chips. <clears throat> Yoo-hoo, Mr. Tentacle Guy. <laughs> yeah, you said that so many times. It never gets less funny, does it? It's just the best... The bird just has, like, the best voice. I love her voice. So do I. And the voices sounded so much better in the remake, actually. Mm-hmm. It was the exact same uh, voice files. Or I should say it was the exact same voice recordings from the same, react- the, the same actors. But... They had, like, the original uh, tapes. They had the original recordings in super high definition. Um, so for the original game, they had to shrink all those voice files to make sure they would fit on one CD-ROM. But f- uh, for the downloadable version, they had no such constraint. So they made it really nice, high quality. you Mr. Tentacle Guy. <laughs> Bird, stop biting my bellies. They're my bellies. They're for me to bite. Well, she happens to like her uh, pork bellies. Yeah, she does. Okay. I can't stay mad at her. Mm-hmm. She's too pretty. Ow. What else do we... Ow, Dick. What else do we have to say about this game? Anything? The music in the remaster is good, but not identical to the original game. Uh, some of it didn't, like, loop as seamlessly, but they did a pretty good job with it. And... Some of the instruments were superior, and some of the instruments were inferior. So I guess, in the end, it all evened out. But when they were all, like, such uh, clearly uh, synthetic, like, synthesized artificial instruments, there wasn't quite such a disparity between what the instruments sounded like, and it sounded more cohesive, I suppose. But it still sounded pretty good in the remaster. That's a very good remaster. If you're going to remaster your game, do it like like, uh, Double Fine does it, please, because they are terrific at it. All right. Anything else to say about uh, Dave the Tentacle? Mm, I don't think so. I think we're good on that front. Um, I'm good on my front. I've got a bird tasting it. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Um, I don't have much to say about this, but I want to include it anyways because I'm a huge. I was a huge fan of these games when I was younger. Age of Empires, which in, and it's been released as Age, Age of Empires HD, mm-hmm. and it's based. It's essentially Age of Empires. And the uh, subsequent release of Age of Empires 2 and its sequel, which is Age of Conquest. Mm-hmm. And so what did they do to modernize that one? Because that was a very unexpected remaster. And they actually made an expansion after that, didn't they? There was actually an expansion, Age of Empires 3, that was done way before the HD release. Right, and then, then they did a, Then they did an HD release of Age of Empires 3. 3? Three? Yeah. 
I have Age of Empires 3 as well. That was a brand new game, though. They didn't remaster that. That was uh, just a new game, wasn't it? No, they did a re-release of that. Okay, that oh. one was pretty old. But you have, you're talking about Age of Empires HD, which yeah. is a remaster of the very first one. And, and second one. And for that, they actually created a new expansion after the HD was released. They made a brand new expansion. They didn't just remaster an existing one, mm-hmm. which is really crazy because that game was... I'm tired of looking... Ow! I'm tired of looking up dates here, but that game is real old. That game was about 20 years old or so. Oh, yeah. I played it in the 90s. Yeah, so it's pretty well unheard <laughs> That was of. my uh, peasant squisher. Right. So it's, it's unheard of for new content to be developed that's that old. That was very cool. Mm-hmm. Bird. Oh, yeah. The African Kings, Kingdoms expansion and the Forgotten expansion. Yeah, so they had two more things in there. It's just it's just a lot... Everything's a lot sharper and the trees are nicer. It's just really nicer graphics and widescreen. Yeah, widescreen was especially nice. That was probably the biggest improvement because that increases the view area of your... Uh, of your play screen, right? The play area. Uh, yeah, your immediate area gives you more ability to have more uh, immediate building space and you're not as constrained. Of course, you have more, you know, fog of war when Sorry. you're starting out. We're going to go bye-bye. <laughs> uh, I think Joey is about to be punished because she won't stop biting Brian. Oh, my belly. <laughs> Bye, bird. Yeah. Yeah, so I have uh, the DLC for that as well, which I've never taken a look at and I should. But it had the other expansion that I played through and played without cheats. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I bought that game to play with you uh, as per your uh, request. And I very quickly did not enjoy that game. I didn't think I would. I'm not good at RTS games. I've I've only... Dune Dune 2 is the only RTS game I ever cared about. And I felt like the whole genre didn't evolve sufficiently beyond that game for me to play it over and over. Even though I've played a lot of other genres that uh, the same is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was, the, like, I found myself sticking to the older ones. I can't do newer RTSs. I don't like them as much. Mm. I like the older RTSs, like this one. Like, Age of Empires did it right, and I kind of like, and the only other one that I vaguely liked were the, uh, were the Warcraft ones of the same era. Yeah, I did a little bit, too. I also liked, I think it was called Rise of Nations. I have that as well. I haven't... I played it. Bre- I played it, but I haven't played it since I originally owned it on CD, mm. and I believe it came on like three disc at the time. Maybe you're right. I don't remember. So I, I toyed with that anyway. Um, have you tried uh, StarCraft Two or Number One for that matter? No, I haven't. But I I played Warcraft Two. Okay, I found StarCraft Two frantic for me. StarCraft Two. There's a free. Uh, there's a demo. The first three or four levels or so. You might be interested to see that. You can get it with your Battle.net client if you are so inclined. All right. Anything else to say about uh, Age of Empires? Peasant Squisher. Peasant Squisher. There. That's all I need to say about that. <laughs> okay. That's it. All right. Good. Now your thoughts are complete. Exactly. Well, you picked something from the list, although it looks like we have a lot of adventure games on here. Yeah. I'm going to gloss over or just skip the adventure games. Okay. Um, In that case, why don't you jump to Wolfenstein, since that seems to be a good franchise. Yeah, okay. Wolfenstein. This this uh, franchise has had a really strange history. I cannot speak authoritatively on the original Castle Wolfenstein, um, because I I don't even know if I played it, honestly. I've seen it. Was it, a, it was available for DOS, apparently, but I never played it. It just never made its way across my keyboard somehow. Um, 
But that game apparently uh, captured the imagination sufficiently of the uh, fine folks of id Software. Hello, uh, hello, Johns. Um, that's they made Wolfenstein 3D, which is a game I played like crazy. I loved that game. I love that game so much that uh, my dad refers to any game that I ever played from then forward as, quote unquote, killing Nazi dogs. <laughs> Yeah, you have the killing Nazi dogs, and that's where my peasant squisher comes from. Because my right. dad, whenever it's all my games, are always the peasant squishers. That's right. That's dad's summarizing our hobbies and minimizing them. Yeah, my doctor actually uh, tried to, did that with because I had a World of Warcraft book with me that I was reading. Mm-hmm. So he says, "Enjoy the, the world of War, the Warcraft world." I'm, I look how games and that look like. How old are you again? Jeez, I mean, I know you don't look like you're over 50, but even still, I expect, you know, some respect as a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't your doctor that has the Star Trek pin, is it? Oh, no. Okay. No, she's 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 cool. Right. This is my uh, post-transplant uh, nephrologist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the one that gave you all the good news this week? Yes. Okay, well, then I won't uh, judge him too harshly. Mm-hmm. Yay for good news. Yes. Oh, my belly. <laughs> So Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Nazi Nazi dog shooter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that game, uh, I played Wolf 3D like crazy. I love that game. Um, Drink your coffee, animal. I'm drinking it, man. Um, and it was very different from the original Castle Wolfenstein, which was like a third person. Uh, I, from what I understand, it's like as much combat as it is stealth. Calm your freaking bird tits, Joey. She'll be right back. Yes, I know. You're not happy. I'm getting water. Continue to talk about Wolfenstein. <sighs> okay. Pardon our bird squawking. She hates it when Bianca leaves the room. And so what is she doing during the podcast? She's leaving the room. Okay. So after Wolfenstein 3D, there was Return to Castle Wolfenstein. I'm just going to sit here and listen to some chirping for a minute while Bianca takes her bloody time getting some water. <laughs> All right. You almost got the damn water, lady. She's squawking because you locked her up, baby. She's squawking because you left her room. Yes. <sighs> Ambient sounds. Yeah, ambient sounds. Fuck. What do you want me to do about it? I don't know. Let her out. <laughs> Shit. Frickin' bird. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Okay. Return to Castle Wolfenstein was by Grey Matter Inc., who I learned uh, was formerly a company called Zatrix, who made Siberia and Redneck Rampage and Kingpin, which are all uh, which are all fine and creative shooting games. Um, Siberia is a shooter? C-Y- Siberia. Oh. Not to be convinced with S.Y. Siberia, which was the Benoit SoCal adventure game. Mm-hmm. Gate okay. Walker. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, what? Baby. what? That's why I was confused for a second, because I, I knew it by, by, it's like, the closer to the Russian spelling. Right. Um, so Return to Castle Wolfenstein was another first-person shooter. It was fully 3D, an earlier 3D game. Um And it was much beloved. I liked it quite a bit, but I never liked it enough to finish it. Uh, it's a really good game though, and it holds up quite well. And it really plays up the uh, it really plays up the supernatural uh, aspects that were introduced in the later levels of Wolfenstein 3D. I don't know if that had any part of the original Castle Wolfenstein game, but that sort of became 
the signature aspect of the Wolfenstein games moving forward. So after Return to Castle Wolfenstein, which was also a very popular multiplayer internet game, um, there was what? She's head bobbing like she wants to do her, like she wants to do the flirty barf. Oh, yes, she is. Is she gonna throw up? <laughs> no, she hasn't. I saw her do this earlier. She didn't throw up. She just. <laughs> the wonderful world of bird ownership, people. <laughs> it's really special. Sure, at least it's not cat bar. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Fuck. Birds, man. Okay, Wolfenstein, the next one, uh, by Raven. Raven did a lot of contract work for uh, id Software. <laughs> this is very distracting. Um, and uh, they're a phenomenally good... Uh, they're a phenomenally good developer of first-person shooters. They're masters of the Wolfenstein... Uh, sorry, of the uh, uh, Quake engines. And, uh... Fucking bird! You're making me bonkers. See, yeah. Oh, oh shit! Oh, Diego threw up on you! This one threw up on me! Yeah, sorry guys. What's so distracting is that our parrot is doing this kind of a head-bobbing sort of a thing. Which is a sign of great affection between uh, birds. Meaning that they want to throw up in your mouth to prove what a what a, a great uh, caregiver they are. So this bird is very love, loving and infatuated with its owners. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a, a little turd. She loves us like crazy. So that's a good thing. It's just very distracting watching her trying to churn up some uh, freshly regurgitated bird bites. Probably 75% my flesh, too. Ah, okay. Fuck. <laughs> Wolfenstein by Raven. Jeez. It's a really, really good game. Um, I believe it has been pulled from Steam for some reason or another, so if you don't already own it on Steam... I thought they ran out of Steam keys. No, you are thinking of Prey by okay. 3D Realms, who made uh, who made um, Duke Nukem 3D. Okay, sorry. I know I know that, that one was pulled as well. It might have been for the same reason. It's an inexplicable reason to pull a game from Steam that they ran out of some... Uh, exhaustible, apparently, supply of CD keys for a digital game. I don't know what. I mean, they own the copyright to it. They could have produced more. You'd think. Well, copyright is always a tricky thing with games. Um, so uh, if you still own it on Steam, you can still download it, but I believe you can't buy it anymore. I don't know if it's a regional thing or what, but it's not available in Canada at any rate. Um, and so yeah, sorry about that. Right. So it's a game with like straight up World War II weapons, but it also has uh, this like magical time freezing kind of uh, <laughs> mechanics to it because as well, and a resource so you can enhance your weapons with these magical powers. And there's purely magical weapons, um, and it goes into occultist kind of themes, and uh, uh, it's it's pretty wacky. But as far as shooting uh, first-person shooters go, it's very, very well designed. It's a lot of fun. It has more of a variety of weapons than I even care about, because I preferred the standard weapons to the more magical ones. But it's fun being able to upgrade your weapons. Um, it still has uh, pickups of like gold bars and money bags and stuff, which you actually spend on upgrades. But that's a throwback to, to Wolfenstein 3D, perhaps also to Castle Wolfenstein. I'm just not sufficiently familiar. Very good game. Do play it if you're into first-person shooters. It's really excellent, and it's not open world exactly, but it has these kind of open hub areas that take you to the linear 
more linear uh, mission areas, and there's combat in those open hub areas as well. It's quite an interesting uh, combination of open world and linear level design. So it's a game with a lot of merits, and I do recommend it. So most recently, there is Wolfenstein, The New Order, and then a follow-up kind of expand-alone one, Wolfenstein, The Old Blood, Mm -hmm. by Machine Games, which is a company I've never heard of. Sorry, I'm going to look them up quickly to see whether they made anything else of note. Machine Games. Yeah, that that New Order was really amazing. Because while you weren't uh, expecting World War II, you still had the... uh, you had uh, what if the Nazis took over, which was an interesting premise. Hmm. Let's see. Oh, they are now Zenimax Sweden, formerly Machine Games Sweden. Very interesting. Uh, do 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 Sorry, pardon me. I'm just looking up some stuff here. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they came from before that. Oh, their CEO's first name is Jerk. <laughs> Jerk Gustafsson. It's probably Yark or something like that. But that's a great name. That's let's name our our kid that when we have a baby. Okay, can we a little Jerk? We'll call it that regardless of its name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've talked a bunch about Wolfenstein The New Order. I played it again recently uh, for, I don't know, it must have been my third time since buying it like uh, less than two years ago. It's great. It's so great. It's a modern shooter. It does have some kind of more old school conventions to it because it has like uh, objects to find. Like it has like the gold bars and gold this and that to find in hidden areas. Um and it has some Easter eggs where you can run around the original Wolf 3D uh, levels. That was cool. With the original graphics, which is a really funny thing. Yeah, so it kind of gets you have a, a taste of what the original was, which I actually enjoyed. I, I didn't really want to go out of my way to play, but when I had the option, I'm like, hmm, let's see if I can do this. First time I played, I'm like, fuck, I just wiped my face, I just wiped my face in the cheese grater. <laughs> but the second time I tried it, I was much better, and I got through all the way. It's I a challenging to, game. Yeah, I had to learn how to deal with my limited ammo and uh, using uh, the doors to my advantage. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are skills that you learn the more shooters you play. Mm-hmm. Now that we're playing Borderlands together occasionally, you're as good as anyone I've ever played with. So that experience did you very well. Mm-hmm. So Wolfenstein, and then you said that at least I don't pick up all the ammo like the like your average pug does. Right, that's right. So yeah, Wolfenstein: The New Order, um, fantastic shooting game, like breathtakingly amazing graphics. Yeah. The engine is phenomenally good. I don't know what engine it uses, but it's it's so so good. I'm gonna look it up. I don't know if it's an ID engine. I think it is ID. Engine ID Tech Five. You are correct. ID Tech Five. That might be the Rage engine with mega textures. Mm-hmm. Um. They, they did a great job of utilizing that engine. And they even have a halfway decent plot, which you can't say for most shooters. The plot is good. The writing is so good. The, the dialogue and the characters are so interesting and thoughtful and articulate. And you still go to uh, the Nazi moon base because Nazis. <laughs> That's right. It's still, it's um, the Old Blood, the sequel or whatever, the expansion had some occult stuff. Not really... So much, if any at all, really, in uh, New Order. New Order kind of took a little bit more of like a steampunk, like bioscience, uh, HR Giger sort of a, a, a take on it. Because it takes place, it's as if the Nazis had overwhelmingly won World War II, and the bulk of the game takes place 20 years later or so after that. Yeah, in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, those are great games. And a direction I never expected Wolfenstein as a franchise to take. Um, just because it's so thoughtful in its story. 
but it, it's not tiresome and it doesn't get in its own way. It's not up its own ass. <laughs> it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it does take itself a little seriously. Uh, do play it. Play play Wolfenstein the New Order. You should be able to find it on sale. I think it still goes for like 40 or 50 bucks brand new, but you can find it on sale for 10 bucks or less on occasion. Do get it. It's great. Yeah, usually uh, GOG or uh, Indie Gala have them for cheap. Mm. I, th- I forget. I don't think oh, no, it's Dreamland Gaming that we got it really cheap on. Yes, I believe so. So I'm so glad that I played that. All right, what else have we got? Let's see. Um, I will briefly mention Star Control 2, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting one. Um, Star Control 2, phenomenally good game. Um, it's uh, It was never remade or covered again by the original team. Um, there was a sequel, Star Control 3, which was made by a different team and is quite different in many ways. And from what I understand, it's inferior in most ways. I own it on GOG. I couldn't wrap my head around the interface and didn't have the patience for it, so I didn't get into it. But Star Control 2 is accessible yet quite challenging and with a lot of depth, with tons of story, uh, tons of writing, very intelligent, articulate, interesting, funny writing. Uh, One of the best written games of all time, bar none, without question. I say that without any qualms or hesitation. Star Control 2 has fantastic writing. Um, So... Uh, there was a free open source, uh, I guess you'd call it like a source port or something. I don't think the source was made available for Star Control 2. I don't know the story behind it exactly. But there is a free open source, I'll call it a source port for lack of a better term, maybe that is correct, um, known as the Urquan Masters. The Urquan is the name of uh, one of the, the antagonist of the original game and like your, your unlikely ally, I believe, in Star Control 2. Um, so Urquan Masters, free open source way to play this game. I don't think you need... No, you don't need to own Star Control 2 in order to play this source port, which is a rare thing. Usually it relies on the original uh, purchased game assets. But I think uh, nobody seems to have objected to releasing this game for free in this fashion. Even after they started selling it on GOG, which is especially rare. So you can still get this free open source version. Um... So what makes Urquan Masters, I would say, like the version of this game to play, um, is that although there are some embellishments and enhancements uh, that go above and beyond the original content, for instance, there's an HD version with redone graphics by, uh, like by fans, and there is remixed music, which I think is unacceptable because I love the original, original mod music soundtrack so much. Um, what you can do, though, is combine the best elements of the PC and 3DO versions of Star Control 2, and you can kind of toggle between one or the other. So, for instance, um, I believe the 3DO version had icons in the menus, whereas PC has text, and the icons were a little bit ambiguous, and so, in my opinion, I like the text better, so I chose the text instead of the icons. Um, on the 3DO version, there it was fully voiced, whereas the PC version just came on a floppy or two, it only had text. So you can choose whether you want just voice or just text or both, I believe, which is really cool. I really like the voice acting. Um, It's not the most professional. It's not the most polished. It's kind of zany and amateurish, but that's okay. It's like super overplayed, and I think that matches the tone of the art and the writing perfectly and the music. 
I think it's very cohesive altogether. So I love adding the music to it. It's a fun way to play it. It just slows things down a little bit because it's a lot faster to read and there's a lot of text. It's amazing to think how much voice acting is in that game. What else? Something about the landers, something about the controls. I don't know. There's lots of reasons why you should play it. Urquan Masters. I will very gladly put a link to that game in the show notes. There are, there's already a link in the show notes. Well, whatever. <laughs> I will continue to put it. There's a link in my show notes notes, <laughs> let's say. Uh, so that's a good one. Um, were there any more you wanted to talk about? Because I have a couple more in my list. Mm-mm-mm. Not really. Not really? I mean, I can sort of pitch in on the ones that you've mentioned, but I don't really have anything else. Okay. Well, let me mention a few more then. Uh, Fable. Fable released a remix version, or a re- oh, remaster yeah, called... Oh, yeah, Anniversary. Fable There's... Anniversary. That's right. Uh, you and I both love that game, Fable, yeah? Yeah, I played it a bit. I, I have it, I think. Did you ever finish it? No. Okay, I finished it. I think I only finished it once. Uh, Peter Molyneux uh, Bullfrog game, or Lionhead game, sorry. Uh, Fable. It's like a third-person action RPG, light RPG. Very tongue-in-cheek, very British, very Peter Molyneux. Um, in the, especially, of course, in that it was overpromised. But uh, what remains, if you don't judge it against what was overpromised, is still a good, somewhat simplistic, but still like you know, borderline ingenious game. That's very pleasant, very beautiful. Um, incredible graphics. Sorry, not incredible graphics. The graphics are are good. The music is incredible. Um, the remastered version. I bought it right away because I played a lot of Fable. Even though I only finished it once, I started it many times. It's a very, very enjoyable game. Um, I bought the remastered version, and I wasn't really very happy with it. The graphics are improved. You can play it in widescreen, yada, yada. It supports ga- new game pads and all that. What I didn't like was that the original Fable was very well designed for the PC, even though it was a cross-platform game, and I think it sold the most copies on, I think it was X, the original Xbox, the PC version did a fantastic job of supporting keyboard and mouse, and it allowed for many, many hotkeys that you could have on screen, kind of MMO style, whereas if you played it on a gamepad, it, I don't know if the buttons were mappable at all, and if you wanted to do anything interesting, you had to go through menus and menus and menus, whereas you could pin uh, the uh, features that you wanted to have uh, close at hand to hotkeys and keep those on screen so that you could see uh, which of your many, many buttons to press. That seems to be gone in Fable Anniversary, which is obnoxious. Furthermore, Fable Anniversary does not support the mouse correctly. It does this kind of a joystick emulation, unless they fixed it since I played it last, which is quite some time ago. Joystick emulation means that it does like a, uh, it emulates the analog gamepad joystick. So that means that the minimum speed that you can move the, the cursor is equivalent to the minimum speed that you can tilt the joystick, which is slow, but not as slow as a game as a mouse can move, meaning that the fine precision is terrible. Also, it means that the fastest you can move your cursor is the fastest that you would you can move it with, by pushing an analog stick to its extremity, which is pretty fast, but not as fast as a, as a mouse cursor can go. So that means that the fast precision is terrible. That means that if you move your mouse cursor at a medium speed or at a very high speed, the cursor moves at the exact same speed because that's the maximum joystick uh, velocity. Very obnoxious, very, like antagonistic, I would say, hostile to the PC 
uh, crowd. Very poorly optimized for PC. And most of all, you can no longer map all those hotkeys to the screen and to keyboard commands. So you have to go through all those menus, which is really obnoxious. It slows the game down. It takes you out of it. It reminds you you're using a piece of software. You're not inhabiting this very pleasant fantasy world. Mm -hmm. So fuck that. Yeah, the only time that, like... As I'm going through many makes sense is a game where it is designed like that in the first place, and it just and it just feels like okay, what I have all these actions, what do I, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Like point and click adventure is one of them. Mm-hmm. So um, the only reason I bought, I, I read reviews saying as much. Um, the only reason I bought it is that lamentably we cannot get the original Fable to work on our modern. PCs, or at least I couldn't on Windows 8. I haven't tried it on Windows 10, but I don't expect it working any better. Um, Windows 7 seems to be the last operating system that the original Fable worked on. We have it on disk, and we have it on Steam, and we might have even bought it from GOG or some other company as well, but none of them work. So that really sucks. I hacked and hacked and hacked away at that original, and there's all these... I don't know. All these people said, oh, finally, this advice got it working for me on Windows 8, but I could never get it to work on Windows 8. If I were to replay it, even though it's only, I don't think it's supported widescreen, I would still rather play the original than the uh, anniversary version. And it didn't look any better either, the anniversary one. I mean, you can run it in high resolution, but the models still look crappy. The people look all potatoey and pasty. <laughs> So, whatever. That's Didn't okay. you say it was a very English game to begin with? So, of course, people are going to look potatoey and tasty. Yeah, I guess so. That's 83% of the Englishman's diet, right? Or am I thinking of Irish? <laughs> that's the Irish. Oh, okay. 81%. <laughs> uh, that's Fable. Uh, ooh, I want to talk about DuckTales. DuckTales. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually listening to the DuckTales. Oh, you silly birdie. Come here, baby. Give me a little baby. Hi, sweetie pie. Here, go go eat your mother for a while. Oh, thanks. Um, I was listening to the remastered soundtrack of DuckTales. The original DuckTales on the NES has a terrific soundtrack. The remastered soundtrack is so good. So, 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 so good. Pardon me, I gotta look it up to see DuckTales remastered. Woohoo. Woohoo soundtrack. <laughs> uh, composer. Jake Kaufman is the guy's name. Oh, boy, did he do a bang-up job. He, this is how you remaster a soundtrack. Um, He barely diverted from the original NES soundtrack, which is a very limited uh, sound chip. It's, what, three simultaneous sounds plus the noise channel for drums? So pretty much every little uh, note... Even for um, really rapid notes or like slide, uh, note slide, pitch sliding or anything like that, he he has some kind of a lead instrument uh, referring to or mirroring those little nuances of sound. But added new depth to it, added new uh, chords behind it to kind of change the key that those lead sounds were in, which is very clever um, and a way to kind of add a little bit more depth and like mu- musicality to it. I don't know what the word is for it exactly, but... Um, it just adds to the depth and professionalism of it. Um, and it's, it's just a great, great, great soundtrack. I'll put a link to uh, the soundtrack in the show notes. Let me make a note of this right now. Uh, DuckTales Remastered Soundtrack. Yeah. 
the game itself. So DuckTales for NES, that's the first Nintendo game that I owned. That's the game that we bought with our NES, or that was bought for me, I should say. Um, Love that game. Played it like crazy. Remastered version, I was skeptical of, but bought it on opening day because I love the original so much. The remastered version does like that most cardinal sin of remastered old Nintendo games, which is that it adds so much dialogue that I could not give a shit about. It's all voice acted. The voices are great. They sound so much like the show. I don't know if they got the original voice actors or what. I don't know how old those people must be by now. It's a 20-year-old show. The voices are great, and I could not care less about one thing they have to say. I just wanted to play the game. The game's okay, but playing that game makes me want to play the original. I never finished the remastered one. It's actually really hard. It's really hard on regular difficulty, or if you play it on easy difficulty, every hit that you take does half as much damage, which actually makes the game really easy. I could have finished it, but I just didn't care to. So what a shame that is. But if, and I guess I did, if you buy that game and all you get out of it is the soundtrack, then you've gotten your money's worth because it's so good. Um, blah, 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 blah. Grandia 2. I believe I mentioned on the podcast. Grandia 2 is a game I really loved on Dreamcast. Yeah, the original. You kept Bad Dreaming to try it, but I watched you play it and that was good enough for me. Yeah. But it had a gorgeous soundtrack. Unbelievable I soundtrack. I oh, love the yeah. music. Yes. We we uh, we we found uh, copies of the three disc soundtrack, the three CD soundtrack. It's ex- exceptionally good, like uh, choral, vocal, and uh, instrumental, kind of like adventure, classical kind of music. It's gorgeous mm-hmm. and very long soundtrack, hours long. Um, really good game, good good writing. Uh, Good uh, localization from Japanese. Very unique combat system, which is kind of... It's turn-based, but it's on a timeline. So it's not like... Turns aren't uh, an exacting thing. It's like a, an act bar, I guess you would call it, or like a uh, initiative bar. So depending on who has more uh, initiative or who has better dexterity, they can uh, act more frequently and sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Turn-based strategy, really, no way, and uh, based on uh, on higher stats, right? I think I would call it turn-based. Let's just call it turn-based RPG combat. Um, it's got a good story. It's very long. It's dozens of hours long. Um, I bought the remastered version. Uh, the, so this game was out on Dreamcast. There was also a PC version back in the day when it was brand new. Um, PC version was great. The biggest advantage to it was that you didn't have to play it off of the multiple discs that the Dreamcast version was on. So the seek time was a lot better because when you go into combat, skills that, skills that you sorry spells that you cast and skills that you perform have a video that plays like a full motion video that plays in the background. It would have to load the it would have to like pause while the laser on the CD moved to get to that part of the disc. So that was that made those long sequences even longer. So being able to install it on your hard drive was a huge benefit. But those videos were super low resolution, and uh, I believe the game had a maximum resolution of like 640 by 480 or something. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong, actually. No, you could play it in full high-res resolution, only in the the SD uh, aspect ratio, but you could play it at full resolution for that aspect ratio, but the videos were low-res and the textures were low-res. So the polygons were sharp, but they had blurry textures on them, which is okay. So they released the remastered version, which I bought and then actually got a refund on, because 
not only is it still only in wait let me let me verify this I think it was not widescreen still I'm pretty sure let's see here Grandia 2 Anniversary Edition which is currently on sale for 50% off and I'm still not going to buy it yeah not widescreen so not only is it in the regular SD uh, resolution or the regular SD aspect ratio but it's also locked at 30 frames per second so it's kind of hideous yeah they, they improved the textures but some of the UI elements got got stretched and looked terrible I don't know it's just really shit at least one thing they did was they included both English and Japanese voice acting which is pretty cool but the whole game isn't voice acted only a little bit of it is the rest is just text it seemed like a real cash grab lazy port to me. It does not sufficiently improve upon the original PC version. It's a very good game, but I didn't feel like I needed to own it again for such a perfunctory uh, increase in features, if you can even call it that. I had other issues with it too. I don't remember what they were, but it rather pissed me off that it was not modernized sufficiently. That was a real letdown. Um, 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 um. Wow, we really zapped through the list without those uh, uh, without those adventure games in there. Mm-hmm. Was there anything worth mentioning of any of these adventure games? Let's just say briefly that Sam and Max and Monkey Island had kind of reinterpretations or revitalizations when the rights were acquired by Telltale. Mm-hmm. So Sam and Max had two seasons of uh, of point seasons? and click. Oh yeah, because there was the first season and then wasn't the second season the Devil's Playhouse. That was the third season. Ah. So Sam and Max had two seasons of episodic and successfully episodic, to their credit, adventure games. Um, and that they were actually chained together because like each yeah, episode were, could play by themselves, but then they but then there was also the continuity. Yeah, they were serialized, so you wouldn't want to play episode four before you played episode three. True, but so they were real pioneers of that. You could, you could, but it wouldn't make, make sense to because the story kind of relied on what had already happened mm-hmm. to some degree. So I love that. They were terrific. We had so much fun with those. We would like we subscribed to the whole season right away. We bought them on opening day. And uh, we played season, like the first episode right away. We would wait a month or six weeks or something for the next one, and we would play it as soon as it came out. We did that for both seasons, mm-hmm. and I really loved playing those with you. Those were great to put our heads together and solve the puzzles together. Mm-hmm. They were really funny. The acting was good. The graphics were really nice. Yeah, they really improved the graphics, but yet the characters felt exactly the same as they were in the uh, Sam and Max Hit the Road or whatever, uh, Road Trip. Yeah, they were. Hit, hit the road is yeah. correct, and those were also based on comic uh, comic books yeah. by Steve Purcell, who is a comic book artist as well as an employee of Lucas Arts. And don't lean back, by the way, because you have a very stupid bird playing in a very stupid place. <laughs> uh-huh, I know she went back there for some. Boy, do I love that little thing. Um, then season three of Salmon Max came out, and it was, I believe, no, it wasn't the first, but it was one of the first uh, games that from Telltale did that were primarily controlled with a game with a uh, gamepad as opposed to a mouse. Mm-hmm. So it changed the UI conventions a little bit. And that's where I lost interest. I didn't even make it through the first episode, even though I bought the whole the whole season. Mm-hmm. I should go back and play those, now that I have more experience with that whole convention. But somehow, the tone of that series changed a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. It, I, was, it went from being kind of lighthearted to being this weird kind of dark humor. It was quite dark, more than the other ones. It's true. So I should go back, but I mean, that's the last season of that series that they made, so maybe we're not the only ones that felt that way. I think that it was a misstep, 
Because Sam and Max, they were really looking on the nostalgia of people that enjoy the original point-and-click adventure. And uh, to go to the joystick-controlled uh, convention was just the wrong UI for the wrong people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, same story for... Uh, Monkey Island? Monkey Island. Tales of Monkey Island was the Telltale uh, series. Although they did have Monkey Island uh, remastered, which was uh, the re-release of the original. Yeah, that was by LucasArts. Mm -hmm. Those, I think, were quite disliked by everyone. They were really ugly. They were really half-assed. I don't don't know if anybody really liked those. Supposedly, Monkey Island 2 remastered or HD or whatever is better than the first one. But I didn't like the voice acting. I didn't like how they made the protagonist look. I didn't like how they made anything look. I have like 11 minutes played in both of those, I think. They did have uh, developer commentary, so perhaps that's the only reason why people would play. And they do let you switch between the old and the new graphics. Mm. So that's pretty good. Whatever. Um, Tales from Monkey Island, though, that was more of the... (laughs) Episodic stuff, yeah. It was episodic, and it was also the gamepad-controlled yeah. gameplay. And Esponja Grande. Yes. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember from it. I know, me too. It was kind of forgettable. I don't... They made a lot of, like, throwbacks to the stuff that happened in the Monkey Island games. Not that I played through mm-hmm. all of those. Um, we had a pretty good time with it. Somehow, we got through all five episodes. And then we stopped halfway through the last one. Halfway through the last episode, right before the big finish, we, kept, we were like, fuck it, we don't care. I don't know how that happened exactly, but it did. And I don't really regret it somehow. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of bland. It was mildly amusing. It had some moments, I guess. I don't remember any of those moments. I think moments. it was just the last episode that got kind of bland. The first couple weren't too. They were kind of cute. I guess. I don't know. I just kind of didn't really care. I continue to not really care. But whatever. That's, that was a reinterpretation. I don't. I, I guess if it was more successful, they would have made another season of it. But... I think it's right around there that uh, Telltale started getting recognized for their their uh, skill as developers, and I think mostly for probably their budget and their turnaround time and their level of quality and success. Because for what they do and the resources that they do it with, they do a great job. It's a very, very talented studio, and I'd love to see what they can do. It's kind of a shame that they're kind of stuck in a rut of the whole Walking Dead. Like, every game they make now is Walking Dead. Ever since that... (laughs) Ever since their Jurassic Park game, which was their first game with the uh, Walking Dead-style controls, every game has been like that. Wolf Among Us, Walking Dead. Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back to the Future. No, not Hector. Back to the Future was more in the Tales of Monkey Island style, actually. And Hector, I don't know how long ago Hector was. That's just a classic point-and-click 2D adventure. Mm-hmm. But a good one. So, um, what else did they although, do? Yeah, although oh, Telltale... Yeah, Tales from Borderlands, which is in that. Which is, yeah, also the Walking Dead style. Thank you. So they do that style very well, but it's very been, been there, done that by now. And I think that sells very well for them. It's unadventurous in terms of game design, but it's accessible in that it's like an interactive TV show, so... It's doing well for them. I just hope they don't get pigeonholed into that because they're capable of a lot more. They're a great yeah, studio. Yeah, I would love to see that style with a lot more with a, with a, with a different type of uh, control scheme. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah, storytelling. Their visual style, good. you mean? Yeah, like keep the art style and the storytelling, but maybe uh, find a different way of uh, doing mechanics. Yeah, I'd like to see them continue uh, evolving adventure games as a medium. Uh, I, I think. 
Well, I think they probably know as well as anyone that I think their style is getting kind of stale. But they sort of ran the whole point-and-click thing into the ground, too, before doing the Tales of Monkey Island thing, and they kind of ran that into the ground. And now they're, they're running Walking Dead style into the ground. They're doing season three of Walking Dead soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be their, their last big one of that style, because Wolf Among Us was also that same style. Mm-hmm. But for that one, it kind of worked, just because that was more... Um because you kind of are more of a custodian figure in that, like a guardian. And so you have to kind of walk between these places and resolve people's issues. Yeah, that could have worked as point and click, too. It worked well enough in the Walking Dead style. Because mm-hmm. it was, yeah. I think that the point and click would have been better in something in something like Game of Thrones. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones, that totally... I mean, that, that series doesn't really interest me anyway, but the games themselves, I don't see any difference between those and Walking Dead myself. Th- that just seems like more of the same. Yeah. So, Only come on, Telltale. It was just for the story, because I'm such a fan, and mm-hmm. tomorrow really... is the season premiere. Oh, yippity-ding-dong. More stabbing and, stabbing and grabbing. Stabbing, grabbing, and grope, groping. Yep. Well, I, I should replay those... Simon Max games. I did replay the first season, first game, and I laughed a lot. Soda poppers! Oh, I'm so sick of the soda poppers. I hate them. They really, yeah, they overuse some of those characters. I guess that's what, that's the problem with doing a bunch of games in a very short amount of time. You get kind of get a lot of mileage from those same assets and those same actors. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if the, those characters weren't so annoying, it would have been okay. I mean, that's what made them... Um, who is the uh, guy who ran? Who is the, who ran the convenience store? Oh, um, I don't remember his name. T H E M. Yeah, he was very funny. Yeah, that, the thing is, he was reused, but he had a certain value to him because like, he wasn't like obnoxious. Like he kind of just ha- like he was. He had like he had an actual purpose. Like he, the guy who ran the co- the uh, corner store, and he's paranoid, and he kind of gives you uh, the angle on what you're doing. Bosco. Yes. That's right. They, they make reference to him in the original Sam and Max, too. The store is Bosco's... I think it's Bosco's Convenience mm-hmm. with guns, liquor, and baby needs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is that, all, is that all we got this week? Yes, it is. And I think we have just enough to fill our hour and a half. Yippee. So, of course, ladies and germs... We always want to hear from you. We would love to hear any remastered games that you like. Remastered, rebooted, uh, reinterpreted, revitalized, reincarnated, whatever. Yeah. And we would also like, like to hear who your favorite Star Trek captain is. Yeah. Aww. And we should have a contest. How many times did Joey squawk this episode? Let us know and we'll uh, send you an egg. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, thank you very, very much for listening to us. We love you. We sure appreciate you listening to us. We love talking to you every week. Uh, With any luck, we're going to have a brand new special guest on the show with us next week. Very much hope so. Mm -hmm. So we'll uh, announce that when the time is right, when that's confirmed. Thank you again so much to Joe for this microphone. Please do let us know, ladies and gents, uh, whether this microphone has improved things or... Whether you can hear our various bodily functions a little bit more clearly now, or our various bird bitings. Bird's biting me right now. What a biter. Um, And congrats once again to Ryan Bernard, and thanks once again to Trolls for his very hard work putting together that whole mystery game thing. It's awesome that Ryan got that, so uh, way to go, Ryan. uh, I'll get in touch with you, Ryan, and we'll send you some kind of a little treat for your trouble. 
So, uh, I got him in front of me. Am I going to do this or are you yes, going to do this? Yes, why don't you take him on home? All right. You can catch us on the web, squarefm.demodulated.com. Um, reach us by email for emails and voicemails, squarefm at demodulated.com. And on Twitter, we are at squarewavesfm. And as of last week, we're also on Google Play Music, which uh, seems to be a regional thing. If you are in Denmark, apparently you cannot access it. Well, if because nobody likes the Danes unless they're, unless, you here know. Here comes. Here comes. <laughs> unless, you know, it's a good pastry. Everyone likes the pastry. Nobody cares about the country. Oh, I was waiting for the ditch. <laughs> oh, I already got my ditch joke in. Your, your, the way you, you phrase that in the singular <laughs> brings me great surprise. <laughs> if you're in Canada, you can uh, access uh, Google Play Music Podcast on the web, but not in the app. Go figure. If you're in the U.S., you get it all over the place. So I guess they're just gradually rolling that out. We're also on iTunes and catch us on our RSS feed. Why am I telling people how to listen to our podcast on the podcast? That makes a lot of sense. On Wait, Twitter, preaching to the choir. I guess so. Twitter, we're at Square Waves FM. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so uh, have a terrific week and we will talk to you again same time next week bye bye and beep beep hang on I want to take us out not with a fart noise but with another with another harmonica song okay uh, oh that's not it That's my major scale Sailor Moon theme song. I know the lyrics. I'm just, I'm going to spare you from me singing a second time. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.